Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection of humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I'm here with Susan. Hello, Susan. Hi, Guthrie. And um, we have kind of an interesting uh, podcast for you today. It's going to be probably, I don't know, probably end up being a little shorter, a little more theoretical than uh, than we have in the past. And we're chasing them away now. Oh, don't don't run away. It'll it'll be it'll still be fun. And uh, it, it, it's because of a couple things. First, mainly, we, um, we just released our, our new certificate program uh, called the Brain and Behavioral Science Certificate. Yay. Would you like to, Susan, would you like to just briefly give like a five-second synopsis of what that entails? It's, uh, it's a, a full um, PhD program in an online course format that'll take you like maybe a couple weeks. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's everything I know about psychology and behavioral science and brain science in one concise place. This is not true. It this is, is. No, no, no. This is a lot of what you know. You know, okay. you definitely it, know way more. It was very fun to put together. I think it's great stuff, but you know, I love this stuff. I love the brain <laughs> and behavioral science. So I am definitely, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm biased. So in the same vein, uh, recently in the last couple of days, I've started to do a bunch of work um, uh, and I'm not going to tell people what it is because I don't want anyone else taking my idea. But uh, I've been doing a lot of uh, research. Then how are you going to explain it? Well, I'm just saying I've been doing a lot of research in. Oh. I'm not. I'm not telling. I'm not going to tell what people you're why do I've been with doing the research. It. Okay. Okay. Um, but I've been doing a lot of research uh, into uh, behavioral economics, and so the hot new fields these days. And one of the reasons we did the BBS cert now was one because we wanted to, and it's been on our list for forever. And um, two. Because uh, we have this, um, the, the behavioral side of things is heating up as well. And because Susan's a psycholo- psychologist and I am the economist, there are behavioral sides to both of this. Um, so, uh, Susan, did you want to, we should first describe some terms and why things are so big. So I don't know if our if people out there have heard of what's called would you call it behavioral psychology? A lot of this is kind of semantics, you know. It's kind of like how define your terms, right? But would you would you what would you call that? You mean like what I do and what the course we just did is based on? And well, stuff? yeah. I mean, what you would call what would you? So if I said talk to you and said, hey, tell me something about behavioral psychology what does that mean yeah to you? well you know i used to call the, it that, that's Cause, a good cause, question because at a certain point it's just about terms and but this is, it is about it's terms. really kind of a broader all-encompassing term for what's popular these days well behavioral science is very popular and i used to call i used to use behavioral science and behavioral psychology kind of interchangeably but i don't anymore and there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that um, I think uh, people have an idea, what maybe this isn't true, but they have an idea that psychology is narrower, narrower than- that was, um, that, was, that was difficult. That was bad. Okay, 
that and it, it's more narrow yeah, than <laughs> be, <laughs> than behavioral science. So you know, psychology is about you know one person doing one thing, and maybe behavioral science is about. Uh, well, when you, you say know, psychology too, I think a lot of people think psychiatrists. Oh, really? Well, oh, yeah. Remember. No, well, so, all right. Well, yeah, then, no, that's then, what I'm saying. Like, when you oh say, when gosh. people say, oh, psychology, people <sighs> say, oh, yeah, that's what you learn to become like okay. a Okay, well, then we have to clear up a bunch of things. So right. let's clear them all right. up quickly, right. all right? So first of all, uh, a psychiatrist is a medical doctor that specializes in uh, uh, issues and disease that have to do with um, behavior. Uh, you know, depression and schizophrenia and anxiety and neuroses and all that stuff. A psychologist does not have a medical degree. A psychologist usually has like a PhD in something or maybe a master's in something and uh, usually psychology. And they uh, also deal with, um, you know, uh, people who need therapy or counseling, but they cannot prescribe any medication. And then a psychologist may also be doing lots of other things. Uh, for instance, I am not a therapist. I am not licensed to be a therapist. So, you know, I have a PhD in psychology, but that I don't do anything to do with therapy and counseling. Um, so psychiatrists and psychologists are very different. Now, one of the reasons that uh, the term behavioral, behavioral psychology I thought was a problem was uh, sometimes, especially for people who are have, in the field of psychology and have been in it for a while, behavioral psychology refers to a very specific type of right. psychological theory based on operant conditioning and B.F. Skinner. So just to back up a little, this is mm -hmm. in contrast to what I guess you would consider the Freudian school of, of what? psychology. Because that's... Oh, cause, well... Because no, it was... It was a response to that, was it not, in the uh, It was, 50s. it was, but yes. So, um, but now behavioral psychology, if we're talking about it referring to Skinner, operant conditioning, schedules of reinforcement, all about rewards, that whole thing is also in contrast to all other, you know, like there's so many different kinds of psychology mm. theories, um, uh, you know, actualization and cognitive behavior therapy. I mean, there's so, there's a... Uh, many different schools of psychology so, and and behavioral science I mean behavioral psychology used to refer to Skinner and operant conditioning so I didn't want to use that term right. because that is certainly not how how I mean that term so it's I think a lot of the confusion when it comes to psychology is a understanding of old the way psychology used to be psychology and and I'm a bring and when it gets time to economics I'm gonna make the same point a lot of it before was more philosophy, right? You have the Freudian, well, it's all about oh, your mother. Oh, there was a lot of it. William James, uh, yeah. stream of consciousness. Yeah. It, well, that's because well, and, and know, it, it wasn't it a social sense. science Yeah, yeah. at it was, that point. If, at a We're talking point, about... It was philosophy. You sat around and you thought about it was the brain. Early, late 1800s, early right. 1900s, yes. And then it turns out that we discovered, we started actually doing research on the brain. and Not even the brain, just research on behavior. Sure, on behavior, on behavior. And so generally, generally, behavioral science is much closer to the um, 
very scientific academic side of things i guess academic's the wrong word but but the but certainly the more medical the more um research oriented and less the uh philosophical the uh kind of musings on the id and the psyche yeah Um, it definitely became more much more about lab rats well, no, 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 no. not just lab rats, because that's what everyone said Skinner did. Uh, it, it encompassed um, uh, studying social psychologies, you know, interactions between people, um, uh, motivation, you know, what motivates people. So it became broader, and it, be- it definitely became based in science, where there would be experiments that you could nice. run. Um, to uh, look at human behavior. Look, look at this. D- decades of being angry at people being confused about what your what your it was the terrible. field you loved is, and you're <laughs> finally be able to get it off your chest. Is this therapeutic? Is this, uh, so um, yes, it is. I'd like to <laughs> schedule another session and discuss it some more. No, well, you know, every field has these little fights that are big fights. Right. Right. Sure. And then there's the what. The public perception is, which is well, okay, all right, and and, so, and I, as an economist, deal with this all the time as well, um, because there is so much confusion about what economics is, and it's anyways. But so so the the point is is that is that you had this small field of, of behavioral psychology, yes, and as we moved more, you're talking more, about the one based on Skinner, or later when it was bigger, but it was well. That's what I was saying. It started yeah. based on Skinner, and then it started getting bigger because with the uh, with the advent of F, you know MRI machines and all this you know the 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 tools at your disposal, what what really became um, you know the, why humans kind of do the things they do, which yeah. I mean surprise surprise does this sound like any of the work we've ever done. Um, <laughs> maybe, uh, uh, right. It, 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 it kind of became this bigger, all encompassing tent for behavior and, yes. and that's ba- behavior that's based on research and observation. And I think the other reason I'm going to say that the, that one of the other reasons why the term behavioral science became, well, actually, I think there are two reasons perhaps why it became, um, more popular to use that term and also just I mean because it just became more popular so a larger group of people became interested in the science of behavior for instance you know marketing people I mean they've advertising people they've sociology always, they've always used yeah. these you know ideas but they really became and tech right and and design became very interested in okay wait a minute what is it we really know scientifically about how people behave you can t- you can see why that would be useful in you know marketing and design and uh, a lot of other fields so um, that's uh, that's I, right everyone hire us <laughs> I, I well I mean yeah again I'm biased right. I think that knowing about uh, the science of why people do or don't do things is useful in many fields. And yeah, there's a whole body of science out there about it. So, yeah. So, so basically, and, and yeah, and, and like I said, we now, as the field has exploded 
and we'll get to why just a little bit. You know, it encompasses so much more than just psychology, right? So yes. Behavioral psychology is the small subset of behavioral, behavioral science, science, which yep. is sociology and economics and all neuroscience, these, all these other all these other yep. things all put together. Yep. So um, the field, you know, really, uh, the, what I consider, who I consider to be the godfather of the field. Of behavioral science? Of behavioral science is is really Daniel Kahneman. Um, well, I love Daniel Kahneman. He, he, the more and more and more and more and more I read, in anyone in the field, okay, who does anything about anything in the field, cites him. And, uh, to, was it Topolsky? Tversky. Tversky, sorry. T-V-E-R-S-K-Y. Tversky. Um, they basically published all their papers together. So Kahneman Tversky, Kahneman, get, I think, ends up get, becoming more popular because he's the one who wrote the book that, that well, he wrote, read. Well, he wrote the book, um, Thinking Fast and Slow. And also, I mean, Tversky also passed away. And mm. uh, I mean, I'm not going to say several years ago, but also not real recently. And, and Kahneman carried on the work. So I think yeah. that's maybe the other reason Kahneman's maybe perhaps more well-known in general circles. He wrote the book. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, I mean, and the book was based on his, their research together, you know? Yes. So, Correct. Uh, so in, in my, in my head, I mean, the, 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 the work they did is awesome. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, it is. Um, mm -hmm. Specifically. So, so like. And uh, they did a lot of it. They did. They did a lot of it. So the the most cited paper, by the way, in yeah. behavioral science, behavioral economics, the framing of decisions and the psychology of, cho of choice, which came out in 1981. Oh, really? That was the most cited paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it poses the super, super, super famous question, which is becoming more and more famous. Imagine that the U.S. is preparing for the outbreak of an unusual Asian disease, which is expected to kill 600 people. Two alternative programs to combat the disease have been proposed. Okay? Yeah. If program A is adopted, 200 people will be saved. Okay. If program B is adopted, there is a one-third probability that 600 people will be saved and a two-thirds probability that no one will be saved. Ooh, Which of the two bad. programs would you favor? Okay, that's question one. Say, all right, what are my choices again? Program A, 200 people guaranteed to be saved. Program A, 200 people are going to be saved. Program B, one-third probability, 600 people will be saved, everyone. And yeah. a two-thirds probability, no one will be saved, everyone does. Well, I, I would pick A. Right, and you, are, of course, are in the majority, all right? Really? Everyone picks A? 72% okay. of the people picked A. That's a lot. And this is, okay. and this is why. So you have behavioral science co comboed with theory, comboed with empirical data. Right? Okay. So this, this is why Kahneman was so, is, 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 did, really kind of brought everything together. Okay? All right. Well, okay. so is A the right answer? There is no right answer. This is this is is A the best answer? A was mm -hmm. the most popular answer. But let's, so, because most people will save the 200 people. Yeah. Even though mathematically, right, if there's a one-third probability to save 600, that's... It's only one-third, though. Two, that's 200 people, right? So, like, so like from a probability standpoint, the options are the same. 
So that's interesting that more people pick the for sure thing. The options are the same. Well, yeah, six hundred. In one, you're, gonna, you're saving two hundred people. In the other group, you're saving two hundred people. It's probability. I'm, I mean, I'm an economist, so they are the same. So you're saying, oh, oh, yeah, but people don't see it that way, right? Of course, right? they don't see it that way. They hear the two hundred uh, versus two hundred for sure versus everyone might die. I mean, think of it this way, right? If I say, oh, if I say we're gonna play a game, right? Mm-hmm. We're gonna flip a coin. Mm-hmm. If it's heads, I give you a dollar. Mm-hmm. If it's tails, uh, I don't. You know, I don't. I won't give you anything, right? Okay. What's the value of a coin flip to you? It's it's fifty cents, right? Every because every other time you get a dollar, right? If I play more than once. Well, yes, yeah, but but that's that's the right. So to you, your value of flipping the coin is fifty cents, for example. Well, if you if you look at it this way, what's the what are well, how many people will be saved? Well, if there's a one third chance that six hundred people get saved, you know, one one third times six hundred is two hundred people. Statistically, they are people, the same. But people don't think that way. People don't think that way. But here, but then here was the second question. Okay, okay. same yeah. case. There's an outbreak of a usual Asian disease which is expected to kill six hundred people. Yeah. Two alternative programs to combat the disease have been proposed, okay? Mm-hmm. If program C is adopted, 400 people will die. If program D is adopted, there is a one-third probability that no one will die and a two-thirds probability that 600 people will die. Which of the two programs would All you right, favor? Okay. We sum- summarize it again. In program, program C, C, 400 people will for sure die. 400 people are going to die. Program D... One-third yeah. probability, no one dies. Oh. Two-thirds probability that everyone dies. Which of the two programs would you favor? Hmm. Well, I don't want everyone to die. So I, I would pick C. You would pick C. You would be in the minority. In that case, I'm in the minority. You're in the minority. 78% of the people picked D. Um, hmm. 22% people adopted now you of course made the easy leap if you look at a b c and d they're exactly the same in program a what's the same so if program a 200 people will be saved right is the same as what 400 people will die (laughs) it's like it's it's the exact same if you if you're going to save 200 it means you're killing 400 so program c is literally the exact exactly the same as program a did i vote for a or did i vote for b you voted. You voted uh, for A. I'm consistent. You are consistent. Most people are not. Um, and I and I have asked a number of my friends this, and they followed. They followed the majority rule in a lot of them. So this they is, voted for A and D. Yes. If program D is adopted, there's a third probability no one will die. Two thirds probability six hundred people will die. So 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 people. So and that's the same as before, right? If there's a one third probability that six hundred people will be saved. And a two-thirds probability that no one will be saved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you're an economist, so you understand probability. No, and oh, I no, no, no. I, I totally understand why most people pick that. Why? Well, what do you mean, why? Why well, do most it, people it's about pick framing it? and probability, and you have to jump through the, the hurdles. And I mean, I, I, don't, I don't need, I mean, you can, it, that's a whole podcast done. You don't think it's just because people don't like mathematical, the term probability is too mathematical? No, because that's why, then why did, so, but, 
So then why in between A and B, people picked the one that didn't have the probability. All right, so what, is, what does Kahneman say about all this? It's about framing. It's about, it's about the way you describe it. It's about it. the way you... So, so the, the big point is, A is statistically equal to B, and C is statistically equal to D. A and B are literally... Sorry, C and D are just the inverses of A and B, Right. Right, 200 people, people will be saved. But people don't, they, they change their mind based on how they it's... They change their mind based on how it's... Even, it's so even though it's So even though the percentages are the same and, and uh, the chances are the same, right? If you frame it as 400 people will die, people go, oh, that's a lot of people. I don't so want what, 400 but, people to but die. But I have to ask, why is this research important? It, so, okay, so at least so it depends what field you're in, <laughs> right? Um, so at least in the field of economics... For forever and forever and forever and forever, all the econ papers start with, we assume that people are rational actors, right? And we'll do the, you know, based on a given utility, people will choose, will maximize their utility, right? All right. Well, uh, yeah. Now, I I have, to, all right. So here's where but, but I hold get on, to. Hold on. Hold on. What? What? Well, right here, they've just demonstrated that's not true because you have literally mathematically the same utility and different outcomes. Well, of course. So what? I, well, I mean, this was a big deal in 1981. Well, I I understand that, but you know, I have to say, when be, when the whole field of behavioral economics started to get big, right? Which was a shock for the field, which is which is what you're saying. The you know he well he uh, won a they they both won Nobel um, prizes for this for this work. Yeah, and so among for other the, work that they did, the rest of us who are in the field of psychology looked at the economists and said <laughs> duh you know like what what the heck why did you have i mean i remember reading this must have been oh it wasn't i don't know it was maybe mid 2000s reading some cuz I, I i am not an economist and i don't know a lot about economics at all um but i was reading some stuff about behavioral economics and you know started to understand that this was a relatively new thing and it was like a subset and it was kind of a shock to the whole field of economics. And I was like, are you guys crazy? Could, you know, why would I, you wait, have... Can I, de can I just defend economics for like no. a hot second? No, why would you have, in a moment, why would you have, why would you have a field based on the idea that people make rational <laughs> decisions? I mean, I just thought that was hilarious and i thought it was really funny that the economists were were now starting to say wait wait people aren't rational and logical and they're making decisions based on other factors so those of us in psychology thought that was very cute so, okay now you can defend the your field of economics so so much in the same way so when did freud do his thing okay uh i don't know in the 1920s 30s right Right. 40s maybe. So when behavioral psychology started when the when the when the science part of psychology started to take root in yeah. the 50s and 60s. Yeah. At that same time it started taking root in economics. All before then, I consider economics to be purely to be philosophy. Okay. So, so if you think of Adam Smith, Wealth of Nations, it's this philosophical thought 
arguments. Okay. Much I, in the I, same I way that. Freud did it, right? So Thought experiments. this means this. We have the id and the this, and therefore people do okay, this. Okay, but, but wait. But it took till the early 1980s. I'm getting there. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. So finally, in the 1950s, they started yeah. moving away from... Um, you know, people will work harder if they have, you know, and they just from these like grand statements. And they yeah. started moving towards math. Okay. Combined with empirical evidence. Okay. Now, and we're, I, guess, I guess at this point, if we're going to move into economics, we should explain the difference between economics and psychology. And uh, go ahead, have fun. And this, took, with this, this was a brilliant thought of mine that I had last week. Really? So, so the thing about psychology that makes it easy is that every single brain is essentially the same. The place that recognizes faces, right? Everyone has an FFA. They all have a fusiform facial area. For you know, except for I guess some people with like a you know, brain disorder, um, and it identifies faces. In you, and me, and in people on the street, every human just has this. Okay. And there are certain things that depend on culture and depend on ethnicity and here or there. But for 95% of most of the stuff that has to do with how you breathe and the part that deals with, you know, hearing sounds. And, you know, it's all the same in every single human. And so, so you can figure out pater- patterns of behavior generally. What economics is interested in is, find, is figuring out patterns of behavior specifically. Because every person is different and, every, and each circumstance is different. And so in, you can't just like open up someone's brain and be like, oh yeah, this is the place where when they're confronted with Coca-Cola or Pepsi, they always choose Pepsi. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to agree with you on this. That's fine. Fair enough. You don't, you don't really have to. But, there, but the point is, is that when it comes to economics, it all depends. And, and to a certain extent, it dep- it's, this is true in psychology as well. But it depends on factors, external factors. So I'm standing yeah, in the okay, store. Yeah, I okay. I will buy that. I will buy that. I, I will buy that psychology is... Uh, often very interested in, uh, in general, you know, are people like this or like that? And, you know, they understand that there's external factors that have an influence and they may even want to be studying what those external factors are, but they are also intrinsically interested in, you know, what's the, what's the thing we can generalize about all people. And it makes sense because there's an answer. Right, because there's an actual, there's a, like a hardwired brain physiology. There might be. There isn't always. There might be. Yes, but o- often, often there can be. So, so like you can find an answer, right? Oh, we found the part of the brain that where the 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 synapse where when you make a decision it fires. Right, like we found it. Yeah. And the thing is, so with, when it comes to economics, it's much more. It's a much softer science. And so what you have to do is you develop an economic model, okay? People, Which says if these factors are at play, then people will tend to do this? Well, for each factor, you have a variable, right? Or a series of variables. 
right? So um, the sim the simplest version, okay? So Kahneman, so Kahneman basically came up with a theory of, of utility, and it basically says, um, how much of a gain am I going to get? Okay, times how much. So if I'm trying to make a decision between two things, two options, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, you have, so each option, you get basically a score. How much of a benefit am I going to receive? And how much do I value that benefit? Okay. The, right? And you compare how much I'm going to value the benefit and how much do I care versus the other option you're going to pick. And, you, and then you could say, hey, people are going to make this decision. And if you find something that's wrong, then your model is wrong. So in the 19, so, so this is, that's, this is the, the, the big general difference is that it's, it's really hard to, to do that, but it also means that as, as your models get better and more encompassing, they get more accurate. Okay. And, you can, and you can figure out the nuances. When you start with simple behavior, the assumptions people were making, I mean, these are so, the, the economic models that won people Nobel Prizes 60 years ago, while they look really complicated and the math is impressive and it, the, the, the smart people took a lot of time, the models themselves are incredibly simple. So simple, right? They basically just say, um, what do I value more? And then they will always take that decision every time. That, that, that's it, right? That's as far as they got in like the 50s and 60s. Like It, it took them a while to get there? Uh, they Well, they invented the field. They invented the first theories about but but first economic models of anything essentially using math. So economics, in my view, is a really 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 young field, and so people say, oh, economics sucks, or the economists never know what they're doing. Well, it's like, yeah, like imagine, okay, if you had invented surgery fifty years ago, okay, so you would be like a surgeon right now, in like I don't know, seventeen thirty. Okay, like, like like medicine has had 400 years to get through a lot of the junk that it had to get through to become like pretty good. You know, you just got to give economics, you know, it, economics has just started. Okay, we'll give it, we'll cut it some slack. So that's, you know, yeah, so, so it's, it's just, a, so every time there's a model and then people discover a flaw in the model and then people come up with a better model that's more accurate, that explains more behavior. And then people discover a flaw in that, and they come up with a better model. And it just kind of, you, you kind of continue to, to become more accurate and, and more consistent with reality. Well. And this is, and, and uh, well, I'll, I'll cut to the chase. This is, this is what Kahneman did. So, in, so this is why, so Kahneman was a really big deal because he said, look, all these old classical theories, they're all crap. Like, Yes, they work in a limited setting, but you're dealing with humans, and humans are imperfect creatures. And so you have to change how people value things and make it, as Kahneman would say, predictably, or, well, that was, it's not his book, but, you, you know, so predictably irrational, or he used um, different, different phrases. Which is Dan Ariely's book, yeah, by the way. Yeah, it's Dan Ariely's book. Um, but, uh, so, so there, yeah, so, so, so it's not, it's not, it's not like it's irrational it's just it's just like a perceived rationality you know versus in like an objective rationality anyways 
that paper came out in 1981. Yeah. And in fact, their first paper that created an economic theory, actually, that does a lot more about um, decisions and risk, mm -hmm. came out in 1979. Wow. So um, in 1992, mm -hmm. they, they, they came out with another paper completely updating their model, their economic model in 1979. They said, there are all these problems with it. People have picked apart these problems. Great we will come up with a new economic theory. And that was back in 1992. And I'm sure since then, there's been lots of other people who have found problems and identified them, right? In the same way that, again, in the question I posed with the 200 people versus, you know, will live versus 400 will die, you get different answers. Now you have an economic model that can take those things into account. So when, when Kahneman and Jaworski were doing all this work, were they coming up with these mathematical formulas? Absolutely. In fact, that's, that's oh. their cl cl claim to fame. Because he doesn't talk about the, the, I mean, there's no mathematical formulas in his book. In his book yeah, I know slow. there's not in his book. Uh, that's Thank why goodness. I went and I read the theories. So his, his big paper, Prospect mm -hmm. Theory, an Analysis of Decision Under Risk by Daniel Kahneman and Amos Jaworski, uh, came out in Econometra. It is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's just, it's straight up. It's, it's a mathematical theory, and the problems are just kind of icing on the cake. So, um, so yes, for example, this is a quote from, from the paper. An essential fe feature of the present theory is that carriers of value are changes in welfare, wealth or welfare rather than final states. This assumption is compatible with basic principles of perception and judgment. Our perceptual apparatus is attuned to the evaluation of changes or differences rather than to the evaluation of absolute magnitudes. Um, so we, we uh, you're saying, he's saying, we, we tend to pay more attention to how much something has changed right. rather than what it's... Um, some kind of absolute right reference uh, points are really 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 important well and that's okay so is that right? that's really interesting and, so and so previous theories they just yeah. added it all up right well if i'm getting five dollars here and a hundred dollars here right right 105 dollars is worth more than just 104 dollars uh, kahneman's research i know showed i mean the parts i read without the mathematics that uh you know, if you perceive that there's uh, been a significant change, that's going to be more important than the total change there might have been from right. beginning to end, right? right? Yeah. So he so he came up. So basically, I and mean, this was this paper in '79. Obviously, things have changed a lot then. But what yeah. they did was their mathematical formula. Basically, um, you had uh, you, you had. A, it's 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 a function that re basically people value reducing losses more than increasing gains. That's the big thing, right? So if it's a loss function, right? If it's something where you're going to lose money, yes, people value reducing losses a lot, right? But they value right. increasing gains less, and so he created a mathematical model that corresponds to that, and that that was like a, that's a very that's a really big deal. Right, so let's say if I say, um, how much? What are you willing to do to avoid losing a hundred bucks? Yeah, okay. 
versus what are you willing to do to make a hundred bucks? Right. People are just willing to do more to, to, not, to lose not lose a hundred bucks. Right. And it's like, and, and, and to, to the previous establishment, right? Well, a hundred bucks is a hundred bucks, right? What does it matter? Pe- people will do the same amount. Of course, that's not. So, true. so can I ask you a question? Whew, yeah. If we're talking about the difference between behavioral science mm-hmm. or, or parentheses, you know, behavioral psychology mm-hmm. and behavioral economics, do, I mean, here's my, as you were saying that one of the, the ideas I came up with is as an, as an economist, you're interested in, in knowing that. You're interested in knowing that people, uh, it's more important that people will not lose something than gain. And, and I talk about this, you know, in, in all my stuff. I mean, in, in our new curriculum, uh, there's a point at which I say, uh, fear of loss uh, is more important than anticipation of gain. as uh, more predictive of behavior. So uh, I understand that. Now from a, from a, as a psychologist, okay, I don't necessarily want to know the formula. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to know why. Right. So, I mean, I want to know. And so I'm looking at the, you know, the brain science and the old brain and the, you know, and trying to explain why that would be. Right. Do you think that's a difference between uh, behavioral economics and behavioral science in, in that behavioral economics just wants to make sure they they under, they got the formula and they understand right. the prediction, whereas the, the psychologist is like, mm-hmm. I got to find out why this is true of people. Right. Yep. 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 So basically, the way the way the economist goes about things is, I want to make an, an an economic theory, okay? I want to make a formula that's accurate, and so you therefore wanna, you want to make a prediction. Yeah, and it's really this a well, no, it's a universal model, is what it is, okay. right? So okay. I can take any person, yeah, and as long as I know the values or the relative kind of values that go in the respective variables, yeah, I could tell you with a hundred percent certainty what they're going to do. And given this, any yeah. situation, as long as you know it's it, you know these it's in, factors are present and yeah, it's, and, and, so and, and as long as I have accurate variables, that's well, really y- powerful. You know, I was uh, I just happened to be I mean I won't even go into why, but I just happened like two days ago, mm-hmm. I was looking at uh, jobs for behavioral economists. Yeah, there are a lot of jobs. <laughs> For behavioral economists. And I think there's probably a lot more jobs for behavioral economists than there are for behavioral scientists (laughs) with a a psychology background. So I'm assuming that this idea of being able to predict and plug variables in and come up with numbers is, uh, and it was interesting. It was across the board in many, many different kinds of industries um, that people want to be able to to predict this yeah absolutely so i mean it's becoming a very hot field but it all relies on your model being good and the assumptions in your model being good and so, yeah so do you think these two fields play well together sure and i, I mean because well because at the end of the day you're all it's it's all tied into trying to better predict human behavior yeah. Know? And and the uh, humans are it's tough because 
you know, humans are humans. There are things that, that are solid, but, but there are also a lot of variables involved. You know, that what you decide to eat for lunch, okay, is an incredibly complicated decision. Amazingly complicated. It has to do with what's currently available to you and how much money you have and where you are and what you normally eat for lunch and what kind of food you like and what you're feeling that day and like it, it's just just like if I if I came to you and said make an economic model that could predict what any person in your county Marathon County will eat for lunch today it's almost impossible it's just it's just incredibly difficult um, and so you know but but so 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 when it comes to but it, but it can be really really powerful if you could figure that out so when it comes to that kind of stuff you you take a couple steps back and you try to answer simpler questions with less variables that you can wrap your head around and when you take less variables and when you s reduce your scope and you simplify things you introduce a certain level of error and this is the game economists play is that you can't you know it's just it's too hard to get every variable correct so we're gonna do the best we can and we're, we'll then move from there all right i have a question for you yeah but if you're trying to sell pepsi that could be that's that could be really 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 important all right here's a question so you know we just as you mentioned we just did this whole curriculum on brain and behavioral science yeah. because you know and part of the reason we did that is i believe that um, many people, not just people who do research in brain science and behavioral science, can can understand, you know, what the latest research is telling us and can apply that in interesting interesting ways to, you know, their work or their personal life or whatever. Um, do you believe the same is true of behavioral economics? Because you know, you got it. Sounds like it's possibly more complicated oh it's so definitely it, more complicated yeah so so is this like a you know an esoteric field that only you know some people can even understand but it must not be because Kahneman took it and turned it into yeah you just if you can if you can in the same way okay that you don't when you're when you're explaining behavioral psychology to someone you could tell them about the research Mm-hmm. But I bet you you don't get into, you know, the actual, like, the, you know, the, the data and I make I make decisions. I make decisions. Yeah. No, it's, sure. that's true. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and, in, and because cause it's, it's too much and people just can't understand it. And if you're not familiar with it. Well, it's, and it'll be boring. <laughs> and it'll be boring. No, really. It it and it can be kind of overwhelming. And I and I think in the same capacity you can do that with economics. Yeah. Where if you can if you can like I said, if you could I can make a graph, right? And show you that so for example, there's there's a there's a graph that Kahneman made, which is a losses gains graph with value, yeah. right? And you can think of it as as a as kind of on one on the losses side, it's a it's a mountain that's getting steeper, if that makes sense, right? It starts slow and then it gets more yeah. s steeper, which is basically that 
people are trying to reduce gains or sorry reduce their losses as much as they can yeah and then once you hit zero after that it becomes a gentle slope yeah right that kind of levels off that says well once you get gains people want more gains but eventually you know it just it just kind of wears off mm-hmm. that is you know three pages of axioms and theories right, right, and, right. and variables and it's so all it in letters and it's terrifying but but yeah but but <laughs> the concept the concept is what's important and you can use math to come up with very interesting concepts and, and implications yeah. yeah so if you can take those and break them down i think it's really important um uh, here's here's a, here's a it's especially relevant when it comes to like game theory and stuff here's a simple here's a simple game for you okay yeah there's there's uh there's well let's see which one do, okay we'll play this game um which of the following options would you prefer okay a sure win of 30 okay. bucks okay or an 80 percent chance to win 45 dollars uh the sure win of the 30 bucks you're and you're with the majority there just give me the 30 bucks and i'll okay. go have have a nice dinner let's let's make it better okay okay would you take a sure win of eighty dollars Mm-hmm. Or an eighty percent chance to win a hundred. Uh, a sure win of eighty. What about a sure win of seventy? Versus what? An eighty percent chance to win a hundred. No, I still want. I want the seventy. What about fifty? Fifty dollars right now, or you have an eight in ten chance to win a hundred. I'll take the eight and ten chance. Right. So, so there's a line somewhere, and that depends on the person and their and their tolerance for risk. Okay. Let me ask uh -huh. you another question. All right. Uh huh. Uh huh. W would you take a lottery ticket, which is a one in a thousand chance of winning five thousand dollars? Uh huh. Or five dollars right now. The lottery ticket. And you again would be in the majority. <laughs> well, most people take the lottery ticket. Mathematically, yeah, they're the shouldn't. same. <laughs> right? The lottery ticket is worth $5 because you have a 1 in 1,000 chance of winning $5,000. So if you, right? So you'd have to, you know what I'm saying? So like each ticket is. Has well, a it's nice to know $5. I'm normal. Well, of course you're normal. But the but here's the thing, right? Um, and of course, Kahneman took this and then he said, would you take a 1 in 1,000 chance to lose $5,000 or will you pay me five bucks right now? Oh. Oh. I don't know what I would do. I think I'd pay him the five bucks. And you again would be in the majority. Most people would just <laughs> pay pay five dollars, and that that's of course why Kahneman won a Nobel Prize because <laughs> he's again it's demonstrating how interesting humans are. Right? You have the exact same thing. Well, we just made it negative, and now your behavior changes. But the um, because again, people value reducing losses lose. more than increasing yeah. gains. But the but the, the important part, really, is that, you know, you can use simple, you can you can use simple numbers and come up with little games to demonstrate your point, 
without having to actually look at what the outcomes of the math will give you, right? Okay. The math will give you these same, same things, but you could do it in a way that kind of makes sense. Now, of course, what's interesting is that, you know, in this specific case is that, you know, people will take less money for a sure thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and the and uh, again, the 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 other the one I gave you before. Right. So let's let's just say let's ins let's instead. Right. We have the 80 percent chance. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. There's a line somewhere that people people will take the uh, you know, they'll take the risk. Yeah. But it depends on each person. And if you're quite poor, you're always going to take you know, you're going to take the sure thing all the way down. Hmm. And. Hmm. And, and that's really interesting and that's really important. And if you're doing marketing, if you're doing all kinds of, all this other research stuff, or like, sorry, not research stuff, but businessy stuff, where you're trying to get yeah. people to purchase and make decisions and, yeah. or, or interact with marketing, I mean, with a product, it's, it all, it all could be very, very uh, interesting and important. So the thing is, is that it's getting really popular right about now. All right, so it, to, to sum this up, okay. Yeah. Um, if people are interested in this and um, you know want to learn more about behavioral economics, what would we recommend Kahneman's book? Uh, I would How recommend would uh, PhD in uh, econometrics. <laughs> um, pick up, yeah, pick up an econometrics textbook. Learn some fundamental <laughs> theorems. No. Uh, you're going to need a broad level understanding of, stati uh, of statistics before you, you start. You need a lot of math. Uh, very, programming yeah, skills are really important, especially if you can know Stata, okay, which is a funny. pretty popular program. Um, yeah, hundred thousand okay. dollars for a graduate level degree. Just go read Kahneman for now. <laughs> Although you know, I have to tell you because I yeah, I mean, well, I, he's, I, he's the Godfather, you know, and I think he's he's really good. His book is great, but it's a big book, and sometimes I tell people go read it, and they say things like, "I couldn't get through it." So we may need uh, 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 somebody may need to write the Kahneman Light. Yeah. Uh, no, I, uh, no. I, hey, hey you, you think you think that's tough? You, you should read these. You should read some dummies. of these econ papers. No, I'm not reading the econ papers. That's, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, the, the psychology papers are bad enough. I'm not. You read the econ papers. Uh, I'll read the psychology I'm papers, and we'll it. meet in the middle. I'm working on it. But yeah, so this is this is a really hot field. Um, I'm personally glad that over the last thirty years, the big move in economics has been to add the human variable to yeah. a lot of their stuff. And, or to add, I guess, like the real life thing. So there, uh, for example, there were a bunch of, there were a couple of economists who did a bunch of work in um, transactional economics. Yeah. So the idea that, right, so markets, right, will always move to equilibrium. Yeah. That's Econ 101, which again, I hate because they, teach they just teach like the basic philosophical stuff they don't anyways it's a rant for another day but um but what they also do which is kind of interesting is you know these a couple economists got together and said well that doesn't happen in the real world why and it's yeah. because hey let's just say all of a sudden i there are there are two gas stations in town right and one of them starts selling gas for five cents cheaper well, eventually, the other gas station is going to lower their prices to match their price, right? At a mm -hmm. certain, assuming their gas stations are identical. But 
it takes time to do, right? The in in the real world, the other person mm-hmm. has to go out and see that more people are going to the other gas station, and then oh, see that their prices are lower, right? And he's got to get mm-hmm. the the little ladder and go up there and change, you know. So like in the real world, it takes time, and that's a very simple example. Imagine a more, much more complicated examples like, uh, you know, like bids for you know oil pipelines or something, right? Yeah. You know it. You know in that time the there can be it can take maybe months or even years for for markets to equalize and there's a time factor and not only is there a time factor there's a transaction factor it costs money to change your prices and it costs money to you know uh, be to it's called trans, you know transactional costs transactional utility and so all these things are important in figuring out why sometimes even though all markets do go to equilibrium sometimes they don't and not as fast as you'd want and so people got Nobel prizes for determining this stuff. And this is really the, the next progression of that, which is, well, humans do weird stuff and they value things differently. And these values have consequences because economics is really about, you know, hu- you know human activity and how we interact with each other. So, All right. So I have a challenge for you. Uh, you don't want a challenge? Well, okay. It's easy. Do- oh, okay. Can I do it right now? No. (laughs) I want you to come. I want on some of our future podcasts, I want you to come back with some of these little, little uh, questions. I like the little questions, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. So the the, the game, the game theory stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Keep keep it coming because I I think that's interesting. You want me to to give you one more? All right. And then we got to go. One more. It's a simple game. Go ahead. There's 60 balls in an urn. Okay. Okay? Yeah. And I have two, there are two urns next to each other. Yeah. They have some combination of red and yellow balls. And you have to decide which one to bet on. Now, you are trying to random, someone's going to reach in and they're going to pull out a ball. It's going to be either red or yellow. And you win money if it's red. Okay. And you lose, and you lose money if it's yellow. So. Okay. You're, you're trying to get you just trying to get I want some, red you want red, red ball. balls right now in one urn you know that there are 30 red balls and 30 yellow yeah. balls yeah you don't know what's in the other what one? the distribution is in the other one okay you have five bucks where do you bet yeah the the one i know yeah and i've got again you're in the majority right people will bet on the th- the one that has equal the odds. thing they know even though, hey, there could be only the other red balls one, but, in the other right, urn. But I don't know. But you so don't know I don't that. Like, I don't like the uncertainty. Here's, here's, but here's the, and here's the interesting part, okay? What? Same question, except yeah. on one urn, I could tell you yeah. there are 29 red balls and 31 yellow balls. Okay. So the odds aren't even in your favor. Yeah. Right? Well, most people, they're still I still gonna, want the other one. They it's still, not that different. Yeah, yeah they, they still want the for sure odds. Yeah. And they'll go yeah. all the way down. A lot of them, you know, That's tw- funny. 20, 20, 40, 20 percent. Right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Even though it, the just odds. Just because I know it. Just because you know it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, we don't like things we don't know. Exactly. So that's that's another that's another little, little fun game. It's all the old brain. <laughs> hey, uh, this was interesting. Thanks for... Uh, for uh, sharing all this stuff and I'm glad we got to clear up you know that I am not a psychiatrist so 
<laughs> that was actually <laughs> good that everyone know that. Yeah. And I cannot refill your prescription. Oh my god, that's so funny. Alright, Catherine, before we go. Hey, uh, everyone, go check out our new brain and behavioral science uh, certificate oh, yeah. at courses.thetmovie.com. You know, the, the, uh, and we should tell them that the, the first course in the curriculum is free. And it's long, too. Well, it's not that long, but they can learn a lot even just by taking the free yeah. one. So they should go check that out. And um, Yeah, it's, it's six, uh, the whole certificate yeah. itself, six courses. Each course uh, is like an hour of video and a, tons of exercises. Yeah, more than an hour of video. Yeah, it, there's a lot of, lot of really good stuff. Almost uh, two hours of video. Almost yeah. two hours of video, yeah. Quizzes so. and exercises. There's a course on decisions and a course on motivation and a course on social relationships. Yep. And uh, a course on vision and perception. And what did I leave out? A course on thinking and memory. And yeah. then there's the intro course with the fundamentals. And that one is free. So check it out. Um, as usual, please email us uh, with any of your thoughts about podcasts or any ideas for future topics you'd like us to cover. And uh, is that it, Guthrie? Yeah, courses.theteamno.com. Susan, thanks so much. And we will talk to you uh, hopefully next week. Okay, now there's an urn and it has, oh no, we're done. Okay, bye. Bye.